Pipes and Mitch. Okay, I got a special one for you Scrubs fans out there, and particularly you Fake Doctors Real Friends listeners out there. On this episode, I got one of the elite team on the podcast. You know him as the sound guy, you know him as an amazing an amazing DJ. He is an amazing Twitch streamer. He is a very honourable gentleman. He's so much more. He's a producer, a beats maker, and I really hope you enjoy this chat with Mr. DJ Daniel Goodman. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Well, thanks everyone back to this special episode of Life's Mitch podcast. Um, everyone's heard me talk about, you know, the ridiculous antics I've been up to and, you know, fake doctors or friends, but I got one of the gentlemen in the house, one of the, one of the super team, and uh, I'd like to introduce Mr. Daniel Goodman. How are you today, sir? Mitch, I'm good, man. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, so it's currently it's almost midnight there in your part of the world. Is that right? That it is, 11.55 in the PM. But I'm uh, stoked to be here on the old on the old Zoom call with you, Mitchie. Oh. Excited, to, uh, excited to talk some life. Oh, <laughs> you see that, ladies and gentlemen? That is why he's going places. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Stop. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Have you had a big? Have you had a busy day? Been up too much today? Have you? Or? Um, you know, it was a regular work day. Um, I stream on Wednesdays. Wednesdays from seven to eleven. So, um, you know, kind of work day into dinner into uh, into the stream. Walked my dog, and uh, you know, now I'm here. So I'm here closing closing out my evening with a little life's a Mitch. Oh. Um, but no, it was a good day. A little, uh, you know, a good a healthy chunk of editing. You know, my main bear of work at iHeart is editing. Um, I edit a number of podcasts, not just the fake doctors, real friends podcast. So it's, um, you know, every, every day there's a, a different adventure, a different story to be told and put into the, uh, audio medium and sent out to the world. Well, I heart what you do, sir, as long as, and as uh, I know for a fact that there are legions of fans who heart what you do. Um, and I was thinking like, we could go over your career and, you know, a bit about what you like as a person and talk about sure. fandoms and stuff like that. But first, sure. I gotta gotta keep it consistent uh, every week. <laughs> this section's a great icebreaking tool. And I was wondering if you'd like to join me in having a quick bitchy with Mitchy today. I'd love to have a bitchy with Mitchy today. So I generally uh, let the guests choose if they like to go first or I can. It's totally up to you. You go first. I want to hear. I want to hear what you uh, what, what, what you're feeling. All right. Well, this week, um, happy to report I've got the keys to my new house and I'm officially moved in. That's right. Congratulations. Love that. Thank you. And I've just frozen on the zoom, but oh, that's all right. Um, (laughs) And frozen with a smile on your face. You look good. I look like I'm, that's exactly how I look at a, at a cheeseburger, man. That's (laughs) hell yeah. Great answer. Great answer. (laughs) Um, My bitch is moving, moving house sucks. Mm -hmm. Oh man. It's the worst. Done a bit in your time. Have you? (laughs) Quite a bit, absolutely. But through college, through different apartments with friends, alone, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Did you uh, did you hire some people or did you get some friends? Uh, I had some friends that helped me put their stuff in the back of their truck and a trailer. So we've done it within a few hours, but it was Perfect. almost forty degrees Celsius. So it was a hot day. Oof. It was ridiculous. Damn, that's really fucking hot. Holy shit. Yeah, it's lucky I'm fat. You know, like insulation <laughs> to keep me going for a while, but. <laughs> but well, did you, so did everything uh everything make it safely yeah i think so um i'm still sort of in the process of putting things together and assembling like bed frames and whatnot and when sure. you have two left hands it's not easy to do but you, right you power on through there you go well i'm proud of you glad you made it getting a new house is no small feat and uh you know moving is is a great great part of it and uh 
it might not be great in terms of fun, but it is great in terms of it is mighty, it is big, and it takes up a lot of time. So I'm glad you're able to do it and get into your new place. That's awesome. Well, thank you, sir. Um, of course. It, um, where I was in the share house, I was at. My friends owned it. His nan lived there, and she's just a oh, soul-crushing human. Lovely, but oh, just... No. Just no idea on life anyways. I won't delve too much into that because if I do, I'll sure. probably break out and do a tear, but you know. And... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, you know, we, we, you, this is a safe space, Mitch. You can you can feel your feelings if you need to. Well, while I am bitching, a name I won't say because I'm not about that, but my goodness, love every day. Oh, Mitchell, I've had a horrible day. Well, only you can go out and change that. Hurrah. Whoa. Yeah, like I, I nicknamed the gravity because she just brings us down. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> but I, so, yeah, I guess my bitch uh, and, you know, freedom. But anyways, it's a bit of a re- reverse complimented bitch, if that's if that makes sense. I get it. No, I get it. I mean, like it's it's a huge, it's a bitch to happen. And then you get there and it's a big relief. Oh, I'm, I'm loving this place. There. Hell yeah. Thanks, Hell man. Yeah. What about yourself? What's uh, what's grinding your gears of light? You know, it's funny. It's such a very light bitch, um, but it but it was it bears repeating. And it's so funny because, you know, uh, especially in, in the podcast game, anytime there's like an error with a show, we know like immediately someone's listening goes, this is wrong. This needs to be fixed. He goes, oh, okay, cool. We got to fix that. There's a couple examples. Sometimes it's like some audio is fucked up and it has to be replaced. We pretty much fix it within maybe like an hour of it happening. Maximum. Maximum takes us an hour to find out something happened. But let me tell you something. For the next three days, people are filling your inbox with whatever the hell the issue was. Because they listened to the show at the wrong time or they downloaded the early version and listened to it a week later. And they're like, oh, by the way, did you guys know this is fucked up? Let me tell you something. We know. (laughs) We know if you see if you if you see a podcast, here's another example ads. So, uh, you know, ads pay for podcasts. Basically, people Mm -hmm. sponsor podcasts. We read ads for them. That pays for the podcast. Sometimes people just pay iHeart to insert ads. They're ads that we don't read and they're ads that we don't approve either. So sometimes people will bark down our door. These bad ads are on your podcast. How could you possibly allow that? It's like first of all, we did. Second yeah. of all, the second that you, the second that we find out there's some shit ass ads on our show, we're getting them removed. But still, yeah. yep, every day, somebody's like, "Hey, by the way, there's an ad for something bad on your podcast." It's like, girl, I know. <laughs> <laughs> An hour after that podcast comes out, anything that's wrong with it, I fucking know. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you, thank you for the tweet. I appreciate it. Thank you for filling my inbox. You and four hundred other people let me know that there was a, a a Black Rifle Coffee Company ad on the podcast, and we have mm-hmm. to get it removed. Thank you. I appreciate that. I love you all. Thank you. I know. I promise. And that's that's my bitch. That's fair. And oh, yeah, fair cool. Like you, I guess you don't, as a consumer, which all I am, you know, like um, you don't really stop to to think about that. But no, you're exactly right. Like. Um, there's nothing worse than especially when people don't pay diddly squat for it hang on just mm. enjoy the content you know it's like yeah. you know when you see certain episodes of shows taken off disney plus it's like well don't watch it help yourself yeah. you know yeah but no, i get what you're saying man like uh yeah, yeah. that would frustrate the shit out of me too it's just the funny thing to me to me it's just funny it's it's like it's an it's it's annoying it's a little frustrating it doesn't bring me any like disdain it's a very light bitch but it is funny to me when people will still tweet at us about something like three days after an episode comes out, like 
do you really think you're telling us something that we don't know three days <laughs> later? Like, oh, you're so right. You and the other 200,000 people that listen to X, Y, or Z show, nobody else said anything in the past three days. But I really appreciate you saying so. Thank you so much. It's just like, have a little self-awareness. <laughs> <laughs> check the room, you absolute yeah, check- dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> That was my words, not dental. So it's all right. Let the hate come away. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. I can, uh, I can, um, you can tell them I was shaking or uh, nodding my head in agreement. (laughs) Okay. I will. Now I like to, cause okay. So as I, as I mentioned that amazing intro that Daniel hasn't heard yet. Um, so you're a Twitch, you're a Twitch streamer. You love your games. Mm -hmm, You're a music producer. You're an absolutely Mm -hmm. amazing DJ. You're a producer and you do amazing things. But all that said and done, I always love to, um, how's that for a smooth segue, just like my bald head, I always like to ask, like people like yourself who have a wide range of hobbies and talents and stuff, what cast your mind back to when you were a kid, you know, as young as you can remember, what was the first thing you ever fan of, whether it was music, games, uh, books, whatever, what was your first ever fandom? The first thing I was a fan, like that I knew I was a fan of? Yeah. The Power Rangers. Yes, oh, I love the Blue Ranger, bro. The Power Rangers were the shit. They still are, but that was you know back in the day. You could catch me at every school dance when I was in school dance. By the way, for a four and a five year old is not really a dance, but you catch me just in the middle of the room doing my karate kicks because like that was my shit right there. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, P- Power Rangers most certainly. That was that was uh, that was really formative in the years. It made me very comfortable with myself. Like, and the thing is, I don't think I knew that, but I was just like, you know, throwing the body around. Cause I was like, go, go power range. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. I was go going for sure. <laughs> I am. Um, I used Rangers. to, I used to have a mad crush on the, was it the, the pink ranger? Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, Amy Jo Johnson. That's the one. Amy Jo Johnson. And like, I thought the best. We went to, like, when I was about seven or eight, there was a stage show that come to my part of the world and mm-hmm. we had to re- shine these reflective, like, little things and get Zorg to, uh, to he, he was a big balloon and the more that's light cool. we put on it, he exploded. Uh, that's so cool. It was cool. It was like, I thought wow, it was king really shit. Cool. That's really cool. That's really home. cool. We got home, my brother beat me up, so I wasn't king shit for very long, but <laughs> for that little moment, I love the Power Rangers. They're the best. They're the best. I'm glad they brought joy to you as well as me. But yeah, that was oh, my earliest fandom. That's cool. I was a, I was a like anime was my jam. Like we used to have nice. a, a TV show in the morning school, Cheese TV, and um, used to play <laughs> like your Dragon Ball Z, your Pokemon's, your Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. So that was mine, and then we had a SNES, and then we had a Sega Master System, and sorry, other way around, and I got me into gaming as well. But fuck yeah, that's awesome. But we'll talk what a little your... bit. Sorry, what was I was gonna say, what was your favorite anime as a kid? Oh gosh, it probably still is to this day. Dragon Ball, the Dragon Ball franchise, the best, dude. Such wow. a good show. Such I'm a good show. I'm still reading manga and whatnot. So nice, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, we'll talk about sort of your DJing stuff shortly, and I want to ask about a memorable gig you sort of you you would have played and sort of like that. But I guess off the top of my head, what got you into you know what entertainment as a career? Like, when did you know I'm gonna be a content creator like when did you know that was for you like what started you down that path that's interesting because i don't think of myself as a content creator but i guess but i certainly am um what's funny is that like you know um 
I have always been a performer. Um, when I was a kid, I did a lot of acting. Um, I, of course, traveled as a DJ. And, um, you know, now I'm kind of behind the mic as a producer. I feel like I've done lots of different kinds of performance. And I guess, on you know, on the other hand, I'm in front of the camera as a Twitch streamer. Um, what's fun has been separating that from the work side of things. Like when you DJ, you know, as a DJ and a music producer, it was both fun, but there was also a lot of pressure around, you know, making good music and staying relevant, which was ultimately our demise was that like, you know, we just tried to do different stuff. It didn't work as well. And people lost interest. And that's how it goes. You just stop getting offered gigs and, or the gigs that get offered are just for less money. And that's just how it goes. And that sucks. Whereas Twitch streaming, like this is not my job. You know, I, I work for iHeart. And I have a career that I can do and be proud of, but also allow me the space to do something like Twitch, which is really just for fun. So like while I, while I'm, you know, I love the fact that people donate to the stream and they're so generous with, you know, donations and, and just, you know, and, and their time, frankly, just being there. Well, I'm so thankful for that. There's a comfort level I have in knowing that like, I don't, I don't need it to do this for money. I can just do it for fun and enjoy it. And like, you know, you know, after honestly, after this interview, before I go to bed, I'm probably going to like clip some stuff from the stream and like, you know, just you know, put a couple put a couple things together because I just mm. like doing it. It's just fun. Um, and I don't feel the pressure to, you know, to live off of that. So, you know, I think it's that that really inspire that inspires me to be a content creator is the freedom to do it without the f- crushing pressure of needing to succeed. Like the fact that it can just be fun for me really draws me towards the world of entertainment. Like that I have my needs met is that like, okay, great. So I can just do this thing for fun and really like give it my all because like, whether it's for five people or a hundred people, it's just, you know, for fun. That's exactly why I do this too. Like, um, Hell yeah. you, I remember like everyone would be aware, obviously you are too. This it was probably 18 months ago that I was, on their their amazing show as a guest and got a few giggles and lols and whatnot and um i loved you yeah and you still and when i popped back up when i had that pitchy with mitchy like oh mitch he's a legend it's like oh my gosh (laughs) um and yeah so everyone who listens to this would be aware of it but um i do this because yeah it's it makes me happy like i'm a i'm a minor as a day job and and, you know, as in my spare time, I do this. And so I can completely sort of get where you're coming from, man. And, oh, you know, yeah. I much respect. Well, and I know for you, you know, this is also kind of a release for you. Like, you know, it's something that you get to do for fun. That's not your work. And it probably allows you a little space to just breathe, you know? And, you know, it's, it is both active and it completely takes your mind off of, whatever else kind of work stuff might be, you know, bogging you down. Like it is completely separate, uh, which is nice. This is true. Yeah. Doing seven, 12 hour shifts in a row is, it's good fun, but you know, you gotta, you gotta keep going with the punches. Um, I respect that. (laughs) And I was wondering, could I quickly just ask you two, two questions from some people in the, in the group, the fake doctors group real quick. Of course. Uh, First one's from, is from Ben who, Shout out to you, Ben. He says, I've been listening to the guys since the beginning. What are some behind the scenes details you can share that listeners might not be aware of? Oh, well, about recording the podcast. I mean, I think some of the, I mean, I'll say this, like they are incredibly open with like everything that's going on. Like, you know, that Donald's recording in his closet, like Casey (laughs) comes on the show and talks about their sex life. Like, 
there's not there's not a lot of secrets going on in that show um <laughs> i mean true. you know it, i'm trying to think of i'm trying to think of literally anything quote unquote behind the scenes that would be like fascinating or interesting because i don't want to disappoint this question asker because I, what was her name again uh ben who ben, appreciate you, ben. cool ben nice to meet you thanks for asking your question i think hmm. yeah, <laughs> interesting i guess okay well i mean i could just tell you about the process a little bit because you know if people are curious about how the show happens in terms of the behind the scenes i'll just tell you how everything works is that yeah. you know we conversate over zoom I record the Zoom call and Zoom very conveniently records separate tracks for everybody's audio. So I always have an individual backup of someone's audio and a backup of the conversation as a whole. Everybody's recording on their own at home. They all have the mic I'm using right now, which is a Shure SM7B hooked up to either a Zoom H6 Handy Recorder, which is what Donald's doing, or a Zoom PodTrack P8. Yeah, I think it's called the PodTrack P8. And that's what Zach is using. He got one of those for himself because it has a soundboard thing on it. He loves that. (laughs) As you all know well. You honor um, me. You are. You honor me. <laughs> you honor me indeed. Oh, I got yeah, one. Yes, fun. I've I've clipped all of those samples for him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, everybody records on their own at home. Um, I compile everything, all the recordings from everybody into uh Pro Tools, and so it all sounds like you know we're, you know, talking in the same space in theory. Unfortunately, certain things affect that, like the room that someone is in when they record conveniently donald almost always records in a closet um however there have been a couple where he's recording in a big open room and there's not enough effects that i could use that could make it sound like there's not reverb in that room i mean yeah, i'd put cool. a lot of effects on him but sometimes it's just like his voice is wet <laughs> and you know that man loves to sing on mic yeah uh, he does love to entertain old donald no, he? he does he does um <laughs> i would say i would say the amount of stuff that is cut out of the show is probably on average less than a minute. Yeah, right. Audio. So it's it's Maybe. authentic, like, like genuine. That, that might, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's nice. there's so rarely. I mean, like you know, sorry. Under a minute is a little unfair because when it comes to us, ums, and spaces, and just any time the guys are like, okay, what else, or something like that that I cut out, like that definitely takes up at least you know two or three minutes. But in terms of like them cutting stuff they're talking about, it's very rare that they like go on a tangent that they're like, actually, let's cut this whole thing out. It'll be like they'll start a sentence over because it's like, oh wait, there's actually this person or so and so's name or blah 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 blah, and then, yeah. you know you just have to start the story over. Um, it's very much, you know, you're listening to a lot of what is, you know, there. It doesn't mean that there's not a lot to cut or that there isn't a fair bit of editing that goes into it, but it's that a lot of the conversation does make it into the show. So you're not missing all that much. Fair enough. Well, that sort of answers. Um, so there's another question. Ben's question. That's just been answered. So Del Osai Owusu, I hope I've said that correctly. Okay. He just asked, what's the easiest and most difficult part of editing a podcast? But it sounds like you just answered Ooh. that. So, um, Oh, well, I mean, I could say uh, there's there's a number of things that go into that, though. So, you know, when it comes to one thing that kind of goes out the window on a Zoom call sometimes is things like comedic timing. And when someone's telling a joke and everybody's response is like late or layered on top of each other because of the latency, the Internet latency of a Zoom call, like, yeah. I have to recraft that joke. It has to like land because I edited it the right way. Um, and that is its own like, you know, challenge and and craft work that makes jokes sound good because otherwise everything sounds like late or stilted or like the joke wasn't funny because people laughed a little bit late or something like that. Like it's, you know, there's a part of editing 
that besides just the cleaning up us and ums and spaces and doing the audio editing of like cleaning up the sound, cutting out background noise, um, adding in room tone where if it's necessary, like just all these little bits and pieces that like go into making a podcast, like besides that stuff, um, actually making it sound good and flow over each other, cutting out people's voices so there's less crosstalk, rearranging conversations so they flow better. Like that's also part of the uh that's also part of the process. Even with a even with like a straightforward, I shouldn't say straightforward, but even with like a let's say a um a non-narrative podcast like this like the fake doctors podcast is like narrative yeah. shows you know, of course, there's sound effects, Foley, there's all of these things that go into the production of those. And you can listen to, for example, on After the Revolution, which is a podcast that um, Robert Evans uh, of Cool Zone Media, of Behind the Bastards, if it could happen here, um, really, really awesome podcaster guy I work with, I edited After the Revolution, which is his book put into podcast format. And there's lots of Foley and narration and blah, blah, blah. It's um, it's good ass. It's, it's great. It's a great podcast. I'm very proud of that one. Yeah. So there is a, there's quite a bit that goes into a podcast. I would say the the timing of things is actually one of my favorite things. Like making something flow really nicely, sound just like sounds really good and professional. Um, if you go to if you listen to um, another series that I did for it could happen here um, by uh, one of our reporters Garrison Davis, um, they wrote they uh, wrote about what's going on in Atlanta currently in Atlanta Georgia with the uh, stop cop city protests there is a uh, a huge um a police facility being built in the Atlanta forest uh that will destroy hundreds of acres of farmland to build basically just like a fake city that cops can train in and they are going to fly in basically militarized police from all over the world to just train them there to better suppress the american people so uh, not really a fan, uh, nor are a lot of the people in Atlanta. And there's lots of action happening there in terms of protest and resistance. And um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a whole thing going down there. So Garrison went down and the uh, story they put together is phenomenal. It's, you know, deeply, deeply researched. It's super passionate. Um, it's heart-wrenching. It's, um, you know, I would say empowering almost. You feel like there is action that can be done and you and you hear the stories of these people taking specific action against what they believe and frankly what i believe to be injustice and um it's you know it's very inspiring so definitely listen to that one i think it is a great example of what i'm talking about in terms of the timing and the spacing of everything to just like give everything space to breathe and also to build the tension of moments etc um that stuff is really important and it takes a, a lot of practice and time and um, care when it comes to the audio. Well, that'll be added to my my library soon. I'm sure you get a lot of other people <laughs> tuned out, check it out as well. It's good to be yeah, proud of your do. work. Um, but yeah, good, good on you, man. So I thought Thanks. I'll take you away from the professional world because you know, like we're here to talk to Dan. I'm not just about do fan service, of course. Sure. Yeah, wanted to but take. I'm happy to. Fair enough. The fans are the best. Well, you want you honor us as well, good sir. You honor me. Oh, stop it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so cast your mind back to when your music career, like the genesis of it, you know, when sure. how did you sort of start in beat making? And then, you know, I've heard you mention on the podcast that you've toured all over, and I uh, just wanted to know, like, follow-up question is where is a gig that you've played that resonated with you 
or like a good like venue that you played? What's a memorable hmm. moment from your music career so far? Man, I have I have about a billion answers for these questions. So, um, but I'll I won't I won't uh, talk your ear off too much. But I will tell you the genesis of everything. The genesis of everything was when I was 13 years old. I did odd jobs and saved up my allowance and basically asked every aunt and uncle for the gifts about the basically birthday and Christmas present or Hanukkah present really of uh, contributing to a fund for me to buy a laptop. I wanted to just have my own computer. I think it was 14 years old. And uh, basically after like babysitting, I even sold lemonade, which was weird for a 14 year old, but like babysitting, um i i helped i did i did honestly clerical work for a couple friends who like needed family friends rather who needed like like envelopes stamped and shit like that they need me to do all this boring ass shit um but i was like literally just doing like any odd job as a 14 year old to make some scratch to buy myself a laptop and i did and on that laptop was garage band and garage band was the beginning that was the very beginning i was like there's loops I can put the loops together on top of each other and make a song. And I made hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of these stupid little loops that I made my parents listen to. Then me and my friends would trade. Then we bought a, like, we literally trade around my laptop and make beats and show them to each other. We were like, yo, this is tight. This is so cool. And uh, then we got a microphone and made a rap album, which no one's ever going to hear. I was going to say, does uh, that still exist? <laughs> it's it's somewhere, but not for not for anybody's sweet little ears. Um, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> we just it, we just did so much different stuff in GarageBand, and then we started like exploring other programs like Soundtrack, which was the uh, program that came with Final Cut Pro. We started using Reason to make actual music with just like all of these little beats in there we 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 all of this was cracked stuff by the way back in the day like we didn't have money to pay for all these apps we were just like stealing stuff off the internet um we got ableton and like started learning how to make mashups with ableton and then we started making beats in ableton and like this entire span is basically from when i turned 14 until probably i was 20 19 years old so from 14 to 19, over those five years was me just like every single night, like at some point experimenting with one of these programs, just like learning or just like practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing and like, you know, just getting more and more familiar with it and faster and expanding the library of sounds and like tools I was working with to like make music and shit. And um, basically the back half of my college experience was me like barely getting by academically and making music and DJing literally every opportunity that I got. I DJed so much in college. I DJed every single weekend. I DJed like any kind of party. I DJed for the school. I DJed for like, you know, all sorts of events and shit like that. Um, one of my favorite events that I did at college before I was like a, a DJ DJ was um, we had a silent rave. And the way that they did it was they put <clears throat> me and another DJ back to back in the center of the gym. And the headphones had two channels on them. His He was wearing a shirt that said channel A. I was wearing a shirt that said channel B. As the night started, the room was like, com they completely surrounded us. It was like everybody was just like all over the place everywhere. And then as the night went on, people started trickling away from his side 
and just over to my side. By the end of the night, the entire crowd was on my side of the booth listening to me DJ. And I was like, holy shit, this is the dopest feeling I've ever had in my entire that's cool, man. <laughs> it was the best. It's in, and, and you know, it's just like it's fun because you are sharing music with other people, and like, yes, of course, there's a performance of it. And there's like the wow, you know, there's the there's the look at me part of it, of course, but also it's the I love this music, and I get to share it with you guys, and we all get to enjoy this music together, and like that's a great part. I love that. Um, anyway, so that was that was college, and during college, we got to the point of beat making that like we were very me and my DJ, me and my, I mean, my best friend from through high school, Ian, um, we were both had really had our ear to the ground. And also it would, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, of course, my other best friend, David, who was with us in making music all through high school. But then when he got to college, he wanted to be an actor and was like, I think the DJ game is not for me. And we were like, totally fine. But he has always, he has always and will always be a member of gladiator in some capacity anyway. Um, but me and Ian really had our ear to the ground about like what music was happening and like what was really, you know, what was going down. And we kind of just like, it was very much like, this is how people, this is how like people are sharing music. Like we need to share our music this way. We were, we just posted on SoundCloud. We posted everything on SoundCloud and like half of it was like, not good, dude. It was very bad. <laughs> And then we started to like get better and better and people started to pay attention. And then blogs started posting about us. And that's when we actually started like kind of um, getting gigs in Los Angeles where we would play a show that our friends booked and like they would post about it on, you know, it would be posted about on an LA blog and we would post about it on Facebook. And like, I don't think we even did Twitter yet. Um, mostly just posting on Facebook and uh, you know, we just started like, you know, playing these tiny shows and stuff like that with our friends. And, uh, the guy who manages or who managed us, I mean, he's not our manager anymore. i not officially at least, but a guy named Mike power who is now, uh, who now manages Kenny beats. If you're familiar, um, we yeah, were his wow. first client. We were his first client. He, you know, uh, he, he was literally friends with my cousin came to LA, came and hung out in my backyard, smoked some weed <laughs> and he, I was like, here, listen to this music that we make. He's like, whoa, this is sick. Can I come see you guys perform? We're like, hell yeah. Came and saw us perform. He was like, I kind of want to manage you guys. He was working in acting talent management, but he was like, this seems like way more chill. And Mike became our manager. And like, you know, truly the rest is history. Um, I just found you on SoundCloud. 85,000, 88,000 followers. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm going to do dig into this archive tomorrow at work. <laughs> I hope you do. There's some, there's some, there's some great songs in there. I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff there now. We've kept a lot more stuff on there. Um, but uh, yeah, there's some, you know, absolute heaters on that thing. I love, I love our SoundCloud library. That's cool. Um, just having a look at the beard you were sporting at the time, too. Oh, yeah. Much <laughs> respect. Beard back then. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to know about one, you know, first of all, there's several moments. Um, one thing is that we got to play around the world quite a bit. Uh, we've come to Australia on three different occasions. We've played in Brisbane, in Melbourne, in Adelaide, in Sydney, in the Gold Coast. We played in Perth. Um, we've, of course, also been to your rival country, New Zealand, and played in Auckland and um, Christchurch and um, where else? No, I think just Auckland and Christchurch. Um, but yeah, like... I feel so lucky to have, you know, been able to travel and see so many awesome parts of the world. So like going to Australia just in general was a highlight. 
that said, the best show or the craziest show we ever played was um, Electric Daisy Carnival EDC in 2015. We got to play EDC four times and we were very, you know, fortunate to do so. I mean, like we were pretty popping for a little bit. Mm-hmm. We played in 2012, 2014, uh, 15, and 16. Um, 2015 was the one though. Um, and we played on a stage called the Cosmic Meadow. Um, and it was just a, uh, I mean, it was like 15,000 kids just going absolutely hammer time for us. And we just had, uh, you know, we, we, we really, uh, we really did the damn thing as it were. We had a great time. We played some awesome music. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a moment I will absolutely never forget. Uh, I have a video of it that I watch from time to time. I've that that's the other great part about like, you know, my DJ career was that like half of it was filmed in high definition. <laughs> so I have plenty of moments to look back on and be like, hell yeah, look at how dope that was. That's so fucking sick. <laughs> that's cool. Have you thought about getting the band back together and playing no. again somewhere? No, it's not never going to happen. It's not that it's never going to happen. It's that, you know, the conditions under which people tour of like, you know, one does not simply get the band back together. Like the, the, the things that have to be put back in motion to like relaunch and act like gladiator are like, you know, is like full is like a full-time job. You know, there's lots of things you have to do to like get in place to release new music, like plan a tour, like look for somebody to like take you out on tour to book those places, to have them want you back, especially when like you haven't put out music in a long time. Like our name still has some cachet, but like, you know, we're not selling hard tickets. And so to answer your question, like, would the band get back together? Like, I'll put it to you this way. If fucking Skrillex was like, hey, I want you guys to open for me on tour because I loved you guys and I want to see you guys play huge shows again opening for me, I would say yes. I would say, okay, that sounds great. Let's go on this fucking 40 city tour and go travel again and tour. That sounds awesome. But I don't think that's going to happen. So that's pretty much the conditions under which like we would be able to go back out on tour again and play shows. Like it would have to be a bigger artist would have to want us to come on the tour, knowing that our name, which is not super popping anymore, wouldn't sell any tickets. It would just be to have us on the bill, which, hey, you know what? Honestly, Skrilly, Sonny, if you're listening, I'm in. <laughs> oh, means but... means Skrilly go way back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I wish. <laughs> yeah. no, fair enough oh well, never say never you never know um yeah, no i mean of course never say never but of course what really why i say that is to kind of like you know better explain the logistics of what goes into like because you know something that used to happen a lot on tours people would be like why don't you come to my city and it's like i truly i would love to come to your city i would love to but the thing is you need to tell your promoter to want to book us Cause that's, that's all that matters. Like we will put our feelers out literally everywhere. And it's like, if you don't, if they don't want to book us, that's on them. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that is unfortunately part of the, uh, that's a piece of the puzzle. Well, you suppose you have to justify spending your time, don't you? And if it is treated like a full-time job, you need to make sure there's an income there and stuff too. Hey. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's the unfortunate. And that's, you know, that's kind of what I was talking about earlier where it's like, you know, I'm so thankful and lucky that I have my needs met by my awesome job that I love so much um, that I'm able to do things like streaming, which are purely creative just to do them and to have fun. And like, you know, I could approach music that way as well, 
but like you know also to like go on tour would be to like leave home and leave 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 steph and kelly and i want to do that <laughs> and i know it's i know it's been a while now but congratulations on your recent teach engagement <laughs> thank uh, you i appreciate that thank you that's all right i'm sure a lot of the scrubs community uh sorry a lot of the fake doctors community i'll fix that we'll appreciate that as well like we all we love of you course. we all we oh, love you all. um so how did, I'm very how did thank you oh, you're welcome how did you actually then transition from touring the world and making beats for a living to then getting into the the iheart world like how does one go from that to then you know editing and creating content on behalf of like yourself and a company as well how did you get into in that way well, that's a great question, Mitch. Um, what happened was that as we started to slide out of the DJ game, as we started to not be as popular, make less money on shows, we were like, damn, we got to like do something else to make f- fucking money to live. <laughs> so um, very, very, you know, very conveniently and very luckily, my uh, cousin, Jack, uh, he used to be the editor-in-chief of uh, the Cracked website, crack.com. And he was the host of the Cracked Podcast. And he was picked up by Stuff Media to start the uh, Los Angeles branch of the Stuff Media Podcast Network. They were currently, or at the time, they were just in Atlanta and New York City. And Jack um, was hired, basically, to start the West Coast Comedy Branch. And when he did that... um, he started a new podcast called The Daily Zeitgeist, which I listened to and was like a big fan of. And uh, then I noticed that they were talking about launching a lot of new shows. And I was like, damn, wonder if I can get in that shit. So I actually, of all places, messaged Jack on Facebook back in the old of 2017 or 20, yeah, 2017, I think the beginning of 2017. And I was like, dude, uh, I don't know if you need people who are crafty with audio um, but if you're, you know, having a bunch of new shows and you need people on hand, let me know. I'd be happy to help out. And he was very kind to say, oh, you should talk to our, you should talk to our head engineer and see if it's something that, you know, that you can do. Cause he's like, cause I don't have any idea, but like, you know, yeah, you should talk to our head engineer. So, you know, I go through the whole process. I interview, I, um, do a trial run of a couple episodes, uh, with supervision from the head engineer, and uh, after editing like three or four episodes, they were like some pretty good stuff. And you're really fast, which I was. I'm incredibly adept at moving and editing audio. So when it came to editing that show, I was able to do it really quickly. Uh, and that was something that they were like, oh, shit, this guy can edit a fucking bunch of podcasts, which I could. And I did. So basically, you know, I was uh, I had I certainly had a leg up on uh getting into the world of podcasting but i think that i delivered on being quite the adept employee of cutting up cutting up the old podcast and um yeah they decided to keep me around and so here i am many moons later yeah cool um produce producing shows and editing um some of our most popular content well you walked the walk and you talk sorry you talked the talk and you walked it and then I went from i i bet you felt like when as soon as i said you've got the job and you're like yes money I can do this shit. Yeah, good on you, man. That's awesome. Well, I, I appreciate that. I do feel, you know, I'm very lucky to be in the position that I am. Um, but I do feel that uh, through my through my work with iHeart, I have um, I've uh, given myself a pretty uh, a pretty good reputation for the quality of my stuff. Well, the shows that I'm from. I um I've listened all I've listened to every episode, of course, and 
recently started in the twitching world like listening to you and stuff and sorry it took me so long but i just you ain't gonna worry about a thing my own my own fault but like it all sounds pristine like you're even doing trivia nights and you're doing like lots of game streaming and and if anyone out there is a fan of video games or just likes a good time i can't recommend it enough like i've spent hours and hours just sitting out relaxing eating some food and just enjoying like because i love rocket league you currently played a bit of rocket league and um some games i've been i ask it i probably talk too much during your feed so i'm sorry about that but you do um, you do not talk too much you can talk as much as you want mitch i'm just a curious mind the good well that's the whole point the whole thing is you know you're you're uh everybody is everybody is allowed to talk as much as i want that's the whole point fair enough i am i know your time's getting a little bit like you're running out of time now it's getting late over there um quite late but i just you know look i know i'll wrap it up very shortly i don't want to keep you too long but um i just wanted to let you know that from myself like I see. I, I I do this because the podcast is about storytelling, and I wanted to hear the story of Daniel. I'm sure we could speak for hours on end, and mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe in the future we'll get another chance. But I just, I know, I wanted to say to you, um, you know, it's it, it it's amazing to hear, you know, hearing how hard it can be to chop up and get timing right, and you know how to sort of mix and match and make it sound amazing. I can guarantee you. I speak for millions of people out there when we say we truly enjoy what you do. Um, Thank you, man. Whether it's in um, the form of, you know, twitching, well, obviously the content you create, I'm going to listen to the other ones you've mentioned. and um, Please do. They're but, all incredible shows and not just because I edited them, but because the content is so important and special. And um, the, you know, the reporters and people who, you know, make these shows, especially for It Could Happen Here, like work so hard. They put so much time into telling these stories and crafting these narratives um, <clears throat> to bring a piece of the world to you through your ears. Yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly what I'm all about. Like that's, they're the kinds of games I play are amazing story ones. I've, I've just gone back through and played the Kotar one and two, and then I've listened to five audio books from that sort of that world as well. And I just, mm-hmm. it's scratching an old itch, scratching that niche. I'd like to call it, but um, oh my gosh. Stop it, Richie. my man, my man. <laughs> I do love a good pun, but um, you know, I don't want to carry on too much like a dickhead today. Um, but yeah, man, like I, I'm truly grateful for your time. Like, and if people want to check out your stream or people want to get involved, where can they find you? You can find me all over the internet at DJ underscore Daniel. That's D A N L. I'm on there on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, TikTok even. It's all the same handle because I finally decided that consistent branding is important. 100%. <laughs> I'll, I'll um, post links to the shows you mentioned and okay. your socials and stuff too. And Cheers. Uh, come along. Come have a good time. Check out the check out the stream. And, and um, you know, thanks to everyone for listening. It's um, it's truly is nice to – it's the one currency that you cannot give back. Mm is time and look man i appreciate the hell out of having some of yours this evening um my pleasure mitch thanks for being a fan of the show and supporting and you know thank you for contributing to the world of podcasting that's okay it's all important no worries well i'll give you can i give tell you a really quick story as to what happened to me after i appeared on fake doctors sure tell me so everyone knows i was in the onesie went viral and then i was on your show 
And then I made yourself and Joelle and Zach and Donald giggle a little bit about my damn toilet <laughs> toilet brush. And um, <laughs> then I then shot to number one in the charts in Australia for the leisure category on Apple and third on Spotify and the top 10 in the US for a few weeks as well. So everyone out That's there, awesome. it's been an amazing carryover and so many people just reached out. And um, yeah, and yeah, like since then I've been able to have that in my back pocket to get some amazing guests on like the talk, like the, the host of the show I was on came on and even after people realized I enjoy promoting like music and stuff like that, the Australian voice of Siri uh, asked me to come on the show and promote an album of hers and like oh, just ra- awesome. random, random ass guests and uh, just, that. just getting to hear these stories from all over the world. Um, that's wonderful, that, man. It's exactly why I do this. So no, I think that yeah, it all comes a huge part to some of the content you've created and um, credit where credit's due. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Mitch. Thank you for having me. No worries. And if anyone has a story to share, feel free to catch me up on. You know where to get me, as always. See you in the next one. Bye for now.